0: Remember, by Joy Harjo. Remember the sky you were born under. Know each of the star's stories. Remember the moon. Know who she is. Remember the sun's birth at dawn. That is the strongest point in time. Remember sundown and the giving away tonight. Remember your birth. How your mother struggled to give you form and breath. You are evidence of her life, and her mother's, and hers. Remember your father. He is your life also. Remember the earth, whose skin you are. Red earth, black earth, yellow earth, white earth, brown earth. We are earth. Remember the plants, trees, animal life, who all have their tribes, their families, their histories, too. Talk to them. Listen to them. They are alive poems. Remember the wind. Remember her voice. She knows the origin of this universe. Remember you are all people, and all people are you. Remember you are this universe, and this universe is you. Remember all is in motion, is growing, is you. Remember language comes from this. Remember the dance, language is, that life is, remember.
1: I've been marveling about Advent and about this turning toward the dark that we are about to do, about the, wheel, the turning wheel of the season and how the calendar affects our internal spiritual lives. Advent begins next week, followed by Hanukkah, winter solstice, Christmas, Kwanzaa, and New Year's. Sounds a little exhausting when you make it (laughs) in a long line like that. And some call this the season of light. And while sometimes our narratives remain binary about the season of light, with dark being bad and light being good, I think this is also a time of year when we recognize the life giving beauty of the dark. We rest in the dark. Miracles grow in the dark. The miracle of who each one of us might become takes root and it grows strong in the dark. And as I've been marveling about Advent and marveling about communities and I was thinking about being here with all of you for worship on this holiday morning and thinking about how you all come voluntarily. (laughs) There's no church tax if you don't attend on Sunday morning and what power is that? What power that calls you here? when you could be sleeping in (laughs) on Sunday morning, resting, sharing a meal with your family, but you choose to get in your car and point it in the direction of this church on the hill and come to be together. I think that we know how much we need each other, especially in the time of growth and darkness In the time of the sunlight in the the daytime getting shorter and shorter we come we show up for each other and we talk about each person here in this community being loved each person being necessary and each person being enough because the work that's done here in this church wouldn't be able to be done without everybody present. Many of us celebrated Thanksgiving this year, this week, and it's a complicated holiday. Sometimes it's complicated because of who we celebrate with, if our relationships with our family or our friends are challenging. Sometimes it's complicated if we're considering the history of this holiday. And as I reflected on this and reflected on the powerful incubator that is First Parish I remembered Valerie Carr's sick prayer seek excuse me seek prayer for America from last November have you heard this do you remember this Valerie Carr is a lawyer she's a human rights advocate and she's the founder of the Revolutionary Love Project in her prayer, she talks about our complicated history as a country and reminds us of another more positive way to think about darkness. What if, Valerie says, what if this darkness is not the darkness of the tomb, but the darkness of the womb? What if? Our America is not dead, but a country still waiting to be born. What if the story of America is one long labor? What if all the mothers who came before us, who survived genocide and occupation, slavery and Jim Crow, racism and xenophobia and Islamophobia, political oppression, and sexual assault, are standing behind us now, whispering in our ear, you are brave. What if this is our great contraction before we birth a new future? Remember, Valerie says, remember the wisdom of the midwife. Breathe, and then push. Isn't that beautiful? I was thinking of my own midwives and Thanksgiving when I was pregnant with my second daughter and too far along to travel and feeling conflicted about the holiday in general. Our midwife invited us to celebrate Thanksgiving dinner with her in her home, and I told her I wasn't so sure anymore about this holiday. It was painful and complicated for my own family ancestry. And I didn't want to celebrate something that wasn't true. I didn't appreciate the fairy tale of Thanksgiving. And I never forget what my midwife said in response to me. She said, Jessica, we don't have to replay the fairy tale to appreciate the opportunity to gather our loved ones, gather together to share a meal, and express gratitude for the blessing of our lives. So I went because I do need more opportunities to express gratitude and gather the people who love me and the people that I love around the table. And we did tell a different story there. At the dinner table, we told, I listened to stories of my midwife's children recounting tales of babies inadvertently born in their house. <laughs> and I sat down next to my midwife's mother and she said, have you heard our family tragedy? No, no, I, I, I haven't. She said, oh, your midwife hasn't told you? Well, I rarely let her get a word in edgewise, so no. why don't you tell me? And she did. And she told me a heartbreaking story of injustice, a very difficult story for their family, and it was interwoven with these stories of births, of new life, Of happiness and joy. At the beginning of the meal my midwife asked if I would say a prayer and I said I'll think about it. A couple days later she said that gave her a little um, insight. That's when she knew that I was just a couple days away from having a baby. (laughs) I'll think about it. (laughs) What is there to think about? Either offer the prayer or don't. She, after the fact, could tell that i had already moved into that liminal space that mothers go to when we get ready to bring our babies earthside but i needed her i needed her perspective on that to make meaning of my rudeness <laughs> and my refusal to give the prayer it was complicated i was turning my mind and my wisdom to a different outside of my brain and into a different part of me to get ready to welcome a baby but I also felt challenged by public prayer. This is one of the things that I worried about the most, having an internship here. And I thought, as soon as I told that to Reverend Nathan, that was something that I would be doing all the time. <laughs> See, it's really difficult to capture a connection between a group of people when we all are connecting to the divine in a different way, understanding the divine in a different way. And sometimes I've, I i do not know if you've ever felt this way, I've sat in a room and had someone pray for me and I thought, that's not really my prayer. <laughs> that's not really how I understand things. Sometimes it can feel prescriptive. And so when we anchor within a community, when we learn to understand ourselves through our relationship to other people. We grow into that in a different way. We grow into who we are meant to be. I shared this story with the children, Thunderboy Jr., and it's such a sweet story about a little boy who hates his name. I don't know if any of you ever really hated your name <laughs> or wished that you'd been named something else or maybe didn't understand the story behind your name. And what I love about this story about Thunderboy Jr. is that he was examining his life and talking about the things that he thought were important about who he is and his talents and skills and what he wants to bring forth into the world. And those weren't necessarily the things that his father pulled from to choose his name. Maybe he did. Maybe he did filter through that but he came up with a name that ended up being perfect, a new name, a new name that represented their relationship together, thunder and lightning, and their love would light up the sky. This story reminded me of a legend about um, Crazy Horse, who is a Lakota Indian, and his first name was Curly. And I tell you these stories because the way, one of our principles is we look to our personal experience. We also look to different traditions of world religions, um, Christianity, Judaism, earth-based religion, and science and reason, and I'm probably forgetting a few in there. But we filter our personal experience through the experiences of our tradition through one another's experiences, and we make meaning looking back through those things. Crazy Horse, when he was curly, he went on a vision quest without the permission of his community. Have you heard this story before? He went on a vision quest without being prepared and without having permission. And as a result, he did not understand the vision that he experienced. He was unable to decipher the meaning until a later time. It took several months, and then he sat down with his father and with a medicine man from his community, and he processed this vision. He talked through this experience and asked questions about the symbols that he had seen. And through that sharing, he was able to make meaning and figure out what his name was. He learned things about himself, that helped him to defend his people. The story didn't end well. He was not able to stop the genocide against his people, but the Lakota who did survive the genocide still remember Crazy Horse's faith and his courage and his commitment to his people. He didn't think that he was going to be a leader. He didn't think that he was going to be a warrior. I didn't think that I was going to be a public prayer maker (laughs) and this fear of how to capture this heart and spirit and longings of a community led me to develop a new prayer practice because when I started seminary I felt pretty confident about my public speaking skills I felt pretty confident about my educating skills I did community education about different health topics, and I stood firmly in my shoes. When I started seminary and began to be asked to pray or be to make a presentation, I started trembling and shaking so much that I thought that I was going to fall over. And I thought, oh, this isn't going to be good, <laughs> and I'm not sure if I've heard this call correctly I started to doubt. I started to wonder um, if I would be able to stand up in front of a group of people and lead a prayer or offer a reading. Based on my fear of praying and leading a pastoral prayer I developed a practice of thinking about this congregation of thinking about what is going on in the world around us, thinking about what might be going on in our individual worlds, and coming early on Sunday mornings and sitting in the pew where you sit, and praying and meditating. And then I went and sat down and just wrote it down. And I, after I wrote it down, I didn't practice it, I didn't rehearse it, because I thought, you don't rehearse. We come together without preparation, without cleaning up well, without making sure that we don't have anything stressful going on in our lives. And in honor of that, that is why I was not practicing the pastoral prayers that I had. Because we are each anchored and grounded together in a shared experience as a community. Preaching and teaching are nothing more than looking plainly out at a cloud of human experience and kind of throwing up our hands and sifting through the shared meaning, sifting it out with our fingers We can get really specific about the feelings, but the details, they don't matter as much. We all might feel apprehensive at times. We all might feel disappointed or weary, but it's all for different reasons. When we come together here, we celebrate the joys and milestones of our lives. We comfort one another during difficult challenges and losses. We listen to one another's stories, passions, and interests. And we collaborate in running the church transparently, utilizing the talents and skills of each person, dealing with conflict in healthy and direct ways. We try to inspire one another, exposing us to different ideas, to ancient symbolism, and stories that might be from cultures different from our own. Rev. Nathan begins each of his sermons quoting Leonard Cohen, reminding us to keep ringing our cracked bells, reminding us that we are all cracked bells, still making music together, still letting the light in. I love that quote, and I was reminded of it when I read this poem from Unitarian Universalist minister, Rev. Teresa Soto. It's called, Bring Your Broken Hallelujah Here. Bring your broken hallelujah here. Bring the large one that is beyond repair. Bring the small one that's too soft to share. Bring your broken hallelujah here. I know that people have told you that before you can give, you have to get yourself together. They overstated the value of perfection by a lot. Or they forgot, you are the gift. We all bring some broken things, songs and dreams and long lost hopes. But here and together, we reach within. As a community, we begin again. And from the pieces, we will build something new. There is work that only you can do. We wait for you. We each bring our broken hallelujah into the walls of this sanctuary. And there is work that only can be done with each one of you here. Gloria Anzaldúa is a queer Chicana poet, one of my favorite poets. She says, spirit sees through your eyes, hears through your ears, speaks through your voice, and touches through your hands. We remember one another into being. The poem that we started our reading with shows the relationship that we each have to the wider world, to our parents, to one another to the things that cannot be born unless they're born within the community that we share. And so as we turn with the wheel of the year, as we turn toward the darkness of winter, let's think about what is growing, what miracle is gestating within each of us. And how can each one of us help that miracle emerge? How can the ancient symbolism of this time, the complicated dynamics of multiple pluralism of many different holidays from many different traditions that we each find our meaning in, how do we help make the meaning together? Remember, Remember that you are all people and all people are you.